Hello and welcome. Uh, my name is Adam Barnard, and on behalf of GateWorld.net, I'm here with Stargate Origins writer Mark Ilvidson. Uh, Mark, is that the right pronunciation of your name? I forgot to check with you beforehand. You're actually one of the few people. Say it again. Uh, Ilvidson. Yeah, it's, it's very close. It's just, it's exactly how it looks. But everyone always mispronounces it. And then because of Facebook, it gets misspelled a lot because the uppercase I looks like a lowercase L, but that's it. Mark Ilbertson. Oh, wow. What's the uh, heritage of that last name? It's Danish originally. And uh, there was another, it's been modified a bunch of times. So the only people that have that name are people in my, like, roughly immediate family. If I Google it, I know everybody that comes up. Well, I want to go ahead and, you know, no pun intended, start to hear about your origin story. Because uh, I know while this is your first writing credit or produced writing credit, you've been in the industry for a while. So can you just go ahead and walk us through your journey into the film industry and then subsequently your journey into writing? Yeah, I, I started out going into writing and then I just got waylaid along the way by paying bills. And I did a lot of art direction, but... I, I just, I had a lot of jobs that just paid the bill. I mean, there isn't a job that I haven't done, like, or I, there isn't a non-glamorous Hollywood job that I haven't done, let's put it that way. Um, and then I, about a little over a year ago, I was doing a lot of on-set art direction, which I actually really enjoy doing, being the on-set prop person and right. the on-set, uh, you know, in charge of you know, running the set and dealing with all the scenery and I, I actually do enjoy that, but I was working on a series of like low rent made for cable movies. And I was like, these scripts are, wow, I need to go back into writing. And then I just decided to start going back into writing. And somebody suggested I go in and pitch on origins. And I just really liked the, they gave us, they had a very, very rough outline of what they wanted the show to be. Um, it was, you know, like a, basically a couple paragraphs. And it changed a lot from, but, you know, with, it was always going to be Catherine. Uh, she was always going to, her father was always going to get kidnapped. There was an evil Nazi. That name changed. And there originally, like, a lot more characters on the other side. We ended up scaling back a bit. Um, and basically, I, I've, you know, when you're pitching, it's a very nerve-wracking process. And what they wanted was they wanted, you know, like a, a synopsis of an episode and then kind of a general vision of what the show would be like. And uh, I, I was working on those and I was, okay, I'm not a big synopsis writer. I find it the most challenging part of writing because it's very dry. And I just decided that I was going to launch in and write the pilot. Um, especially because, you know, these were 10 minute episodes. So it wasn't like I was banging out, you know, a 40 minute pilot. Right. And it just came together really quick. Uh, I actually, I reread that pilot last night and um, a lot of it made it into the show. And some of the stuff that didn't, I like, there were just logical. It, originally um, in my pilot, the gate was still in the desert. It was where it was in the movie. Yeah. And it just, too crazy and cost prohibitive to shoot in the desert constantly. So we had to figure out a cheat later on where we moved it. That's where the warehouse came about. Um, oh, interesting. But there were things I really liked about the pilot because there was a little more location work, but there were, a lot of it was there. Like a lot of the first beats were there. And then some of the stuff that changed, I, we made um, Brute Gay's arrival much more of an event in the show, which I actually really like. Uh, sure, but yeah. that's, 
that all began. And there were a series of meetings and they liked my pilot and then they liked my idea. So you, I met with a couple of producers and then I had a meeting with Mercedes and she and I really clicked. And it was one of those weird meetings where we got there early and then the producer that was kind of going to shepherd the meeting was running late. And by the time she arrived, Mercedes and I were already thick and discussing things. And that was really exciting. And I felt a really good feeling after that meeting. I felt a good feeling through most of it. But I was like, oh, we got the job. And then they paired me with Justin, who I had not met. And Justin and I just really clicked. He was really fun to write with. And we both came from different backgrounds, but we both were in the world of improv comedy a bit. And okay. he was you know, more successful than I was. But I had met him. We'd met like briefly uh, in passing. He actually coached an improv team I was on one Sunday afternoon oh, where wow. a coach couldn't come. So it was a weird, small world moment. Yeah, if I heard you, sorry, if I heard you right, you were saying with the, uh, the when you were coming in and didn't get the job, yet you spec'd the first episode on your own time. So that was your contribution to try to get the job. Did I hear that correct? That was something I went ahead and did. Yeah. Okay. And part of it was, I just, I was really unhappy with the way my synopsis was reading. And because, you know, you're not supposed to have any dialogue or any of that stuff in a synopsis. And it just read really dry. And I had this real clear vision and I was house sitting and I had a couple days and I was like, well, let's play around with it. And I initially I thought I might just be doing it to get a better handle on the material and then to just not even submit it. You know, it was Certainly. kind of an exercise I was doing as I was going through the process. I was pretty ha happy with it when I finished it, like that afternoon. It came out really fast. And not, it, that doesn't always happen in writing, but that, I had a very clear beginning of the episode. And a lot of that is in there. The idea of you know, taking the pieces from the movie. Um, then we cut to Catherine and Beale at the gate, except in the original pilot, they're out on location. Okay. And then the main way that it was different is that when Langford interrupts them, the telegram, he doesn't say that his partner's disappeared. He said his partner's coming back. And then the partner... The next scene was Catherine and Langford arguing about the partner came back with a bunch of Nazis. And I, I missed losing that scene because uh, I liked that aspect of, but once we had them arriving, which I actually like that also where they just show up, but I miss in the writing process. I always miss that scene because that fight played better. Uh, Cause I was, I, I love that scene. And I, the, the fight scene with, her and the father was always a tricky scene. And in the pilot, I, I like that. That's the one thing I like in the pilot better. She's... And there also was that whole period of time when everybody in Europe was kind of being blase about the Nazis and not thinking it was going to be a real problem. Right, exactly. And so you had Langford like going, oh, your generation's always thinking the worst, you know, or whatever. And it was a fun bit. But then when we changed the, the pilot, what actually happened is my pilot ended up becoming episodes one and two. Okay. We expanded it. How many pages was your pilot? Um, are you able to I think say? It was 12 pages. Okay. Okay. If and I remember right. And for Origins, the show that we see, are those uh, scripts also about 10 pages um, for each episode? They were typically, they, they, we really tried to get them to 10 to 11 pages. Okay. Uh, the last couple episodes ran longer. And then I think. If I remember right, when we when we split 
because we ended up, you know, it, we, we took the pilot, split it in half, and added a lot of scenes to it, kind of. Um, the original pilot ended with Catherine, a lot, a lot, like, uh, the original pilot ended with Catherine showing up uh, with her hands tied. There was a, it was a lot, like, just a lot more happened. So that episode became two episodes, you know, because we expanded it. Uh, right. So with, um, you know, when you were still in the pitching stage and you, you hadn't gotten the job and you were working on, a, on your spec episode, how much was that inspired by what you know of Stargate? You know, were you a fan beforehand? Had you seen the movies or the shows? I had seen, I'd seen the TV shows bits and pieces, and I had really liked the movie a lot. And then I knew that the, the, uh, the narrow, the, the time frame of this thing was taking place within the movie. You know, it's almost as if like, it's an era in the movie that gets cut out is almost how I always thought about it. Cause you know, it opens with Catherine and then we jump way ahead. And this is like an area we could have jumped to that we don't. So we were very much in trying to keep in continuity with the film uh, in that way. And, and I love that period of time. Um, I love the idea of, you know, it being so close to the Indiana Jones era, which is historically accurate. The Nazis were, you know, gathering relics. And I just thought that was a real neat window to explore. And that really, really, really did get me excited. And, um, that was, I, I just had a real clear, clear idea of how I would want, you know, the, the pieces to come together. And, um, and at one point in the in, in the in the original treatment they had, the uh, she she went to the British she went to the British uh, outpost to get help, and then she had never met she had never met Beale before, and um, and I thought that it was such in my mind if somebody showed up and was like this portal opened and blah 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 I would be like you're simply crazy I'm not going to believe you. So I wanted him them to have already have a connection where they knew each other. So he had a reason to kind of be invested. And then that was part of the reason she doesn't tell him what's going on. She just gets in there and they open the gate. Cause I thought that's exactly how I'd handle it is this is so insane. You have to just see it to believe it. So you were uh, in the position or from a writing standpoint, you were very much interested in just jumping straight in the story. It sounds like, is it something where you wanted to, you felt the sooner that you got into the gate or the sooner that you, you know, ignite the inciting incident happened, you just be able to get to the meat of the adventure. So is that fair to say, or were you? Yeah, I thought, I thought the story, I thought the story should begin with, you know, you, you see a recap of who Catherine is and then we see her with the gate and then you get into it pretty quick. Um, I thought it was all, yeah, I felt like we should jump into the story pretty quick, especially because, there was a lot that, you know, the, the rough outline changed quite a bit, but there was, you know, but bare bones of the skeleton was always there, kind of. Certainly. And then there was stuff that got changed. Like, Kasuf's father was in the script at one point, or no, it, it was in the outline, and then it, it was also in the script, and then uh, characters changed quite a bit, um, which was a lot of fun, actually, during the process. Uh, Wasif was originally going to be British and named Owens. And Elsa was originally uh, the same character, but um, male, basically, a male propagandist. And then 
during the process, Mercedes was like, are there any characters we could open up? How, how can we make these people different? You know, like, it's a lot of guys. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I was just following the original source material. And then I think it was her or Justin's idea to have Serpet be a woman. It was originally going to be one of the, one of the, the, the Anubis. I think it was Anubis in the original treatment. Oh, really? And then, yeah. And then we're like, oh, Kiernan, there were people saying, oh, we, we run into problems with having him, da-da-da. So it was like, oh, we'll create a new character. And then I came up with making Elsa. I thought that was a really neat idea. And then it was a combination of when Owens, Owens was always going to be a closeted gay guy from the beginning. We talked about trying to put that in because I thought it was an interesting idea. Um, in the movie, there's a scene where uh, there's like a big party sequence and all the guys are kind of all hooking up with, you know, female aliens that they don't speak the same language with. And I thought like, hmm, we've seen that so often. What spin can we put on it? And then I also thought it would be interesting to represent that aspect of, you know, humanity, especially because there's a lot of interesting, like in the movie, especially there's some curious homoeroticism uh, in the original movie in the original film yeah so we were interested in exploring that how much did you get to watch the original film to really to hone it and and marry to the origin script because like i I found was what was interesting is origins was really an adventure that's very much tied to the emmerich movie and not the tv show and i like that because when you look at the time period it makes the most sense yeah, that that was really. I was very immersed in the movie. Long before I got the job, I ordered the Blu-ray and I watched it a ton because there was a ton of um, a lot of good behind-the-scenes details, and that was you know the language. Uh, there was there's a lot of features that were very helpful. We didn't want to go against the series, but we were very much you know trying to keep it make sense within the film. And part of that is there's some continuity things in the series that were hard to wrestle with, like you know the gate is different in the show. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. it didn't really make a lot of sense for our, I, that's a, the one thing I've noticed we've gotten feedback on sometimes. I'm like, well, I, I felt because of where we were. And I think other people felt this too, but in my mind, we had to match the movie because it takes place within the movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. So I, it, we just went that way with the gate. And so I was very much keeping with continuity of the film um, yeah, and I really enjoyed that because well, I had gotten the press screener for Origins before it came out. I watched all ten; was blessed enough to watch all ten together. And some of the stuff with the gate, I was a little confused about. I was thinking it doesn't really match with the show. But then, of course, right after I finished Origins, I went to watch the movie, and I just, it, I guess, I think a lot of Stargate fans, ninety-five percent of the Stargate they've seen is the TV show. You know, because there's two hundred plus episodes of SG One, but there's only one original movie. So the image that's right. seared into your head and the sounds that are seared into your head are from the show. But like you said, if you look at the continuity of where Origins fits in and what it needs to match with visually and tonally, it's the movie. And and I like that because it almost felt like what some big franchises are doing like with Force Awakens where it, like, it retells the spirit of the movie, but with of the original movie, but with different characters. Like I very, uh, very much felt like Origins had that kind of spirit of the original Stargate movie. You know, people from Earth go through the gate. They meet a complex hierarchy of, of villains. They have to figure it out. And also what they find will affect Earth, 
you know, so it's very, I just thought it was cool because it, 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 Origins is kind of structured like a feature film and it feels a bit like a spiritual retelling of the movie. Yeah, no, the, the original movie was very important to both, you know, because it was also Catherine's story and, you know, Catherine comes and goes in the series and I know she's not in a ton. It's a select few, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a very select few, so, yeah. We were very conscious of like, yeah, I wanted it to be kind of its own thing. I mean, in my mind, in a sense, what we were doing was kind of like a Rogue One thing. Oh, okay, interesting. It's the same. It, it, it's like characters that have to disappear. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And 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 we were really trying to match stuff. Sure. Um, like the stone in the cave in in Origins when Catherine breaks the bottom part of the stone that which conceals the gate address. Um, in the movie, I think it was Daniel Jackson. He has to. He goes in that cave. He can't find the rest of the stone, and he has to dig it up. So it's an absolute direct connection. Like thanks to Origins, we now know why that stone was sabotaged or why that part of the gate address was buried. Yeah, that was an idea Mercedes brought in that I thought was really, really exciting, and it was. We 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 struggled with trying to make it fit in in a way. I, we I think I actually really liked the way that plays out, but I remember at one point it was problematic because it was like another set and it was another thing. And it was like, then there was, you know, would Catherine break it off? And we were like, I think at one point Beale did it. And I, we, I always wanted it to be Catherine. And, uh, I feel like at one point there was an executive who was like, but would Catherine break this precious artifact? And I'm like, she's trying to save her. You know? <laughs> like, I think, I think Mercedes and I were like, Yes, she's justified in this one case. Right. And there's a moment in the middle of the story where she very much realizes, kind of has an epiphany of how dangerous the Nazis and and Aset and Ra would be to Earth. So I think you know what I'm talking about. It's at the tent city. Yeah, yeah. And she kind of gets in mission mode where she's like, I have to rescue my father, but I also have to stop the villains from starting to breach these two worlds together. Right. And I I was really happy when we were able to do – I love – that that tunnel set it, I, I just thought it was a really neat idea and it was a real bit of irony that like he's the one who breaks it on the topic of Catherine, i wanted to ask who was the uh individual or the team that came up or was it you that came up with the ending where Catherine, under hypnosis of a set is designated to return to earth and, and lead and you know lead a team back through the gate when they're more prepared. I mean, that is very much, it, it explains in some extent why Catherine is so driven and why she ends up being a matriarch of the Stargate program. Whose idea was that to put in the end and how did that uh, fare throughout the development process? You know, that, that happened later. That was discussed a bit during the process. And then I think some of that was either done on set. Oh, or it may have even been done in post. Uh, like ADR, like adding the, the dialogue. So it wasn't shot. Because if I remember right, I, I think when that's talked about it, it's in, I think those are lines of, of, of assets. And I think, yes. yeah. I can't remember if she's on camera when she says them or not. Uh, that was not in the, the original final script. The final script changed quite a bit. Um, oh, okay. That had been an idea, but um, I, I think maybe that was a Mercedes idea. We talked about it, and then I think maybe somebody else liked it, and then it, it ended up in there. It's an interesting idea that I um, it ties things up in a neat way. 
Yeah, it gives it kind of gives a context to how Catherine becomes who she is and drives her more on her mission, I think. I think part of it was it was a neat button on Alsat's story where she gets revenge. That that was definitely something that I have to, unfortunately I cannot take much credit for that plot line. Oh, uh, okay. It, it definitely were. It's a small moment, so I understand how that you know maybe wasn't a priority during development. I just think from I guess it's those moments that really sell how much this is Stargate because it pays so much homage to the characters and the greater narrative of the Stargate and the Stargate program. So that was kind of a cool moment. You know, as the story's coming in for a landing, you get that smile because you see with even with Kasuf how he's you know, Tass, you will lead your people, and, you know, Catherine, mm-hmm. uh, one of the biggest complaints, it was very difficult to not jump in, but people were saying, oh, this doesn't fit with canon, how can Catherine go through the gate? And that, you know, that scene is the moment where both the narrative and the plot and also the tone of it really come together to give it that final Stargate climax. You know, we always knew she was going to have to lose her memory. Uh, and it was just, we were really boxed in. And we, there was different ways they talked about it happening. Uh, I think in the original script, Catherine and her father were supposed to fall from a great height and almost die. And then they were brought back to life. And it was in the, the healing process that they lost their memory. Oh, and then interesting. There was just a... The, the great the fall from great heights thing was really hard to do and it, it just seemed really it was kind of convenient that they both lost their memory it was such a challenge having right. both of them like it was just it was it was a challenge that we were we were really boxed in and um at one point we even talked about like having somebody hit the this wasn't me I, I was always like i think we just have to do a memory wipe because it, it they can do it it makes sense and that's why it happens to both people you know it's not we can't have them hit their head and, you know, magically lose their memory, you know, like they did in the screwball comedies, right. uh, which is fun. But if it had just been Catherine, maybe like if only Catherine had to lose her memory, I could see her hitting her head or something. But with both of them, I thought, no, it's, it needs to be that they are, their mind is wiped. Hear part two of our interview with Stargate Origins writer Mark Ilvidson next time on GateWorld.net.